The Paranet Podcast, a Dresden Files book club. Welcome to The Paranet Podcast, bonus episode, uh, with your hosts, Patrick Lunn and... Rob Davis. Today, uh, we're doing something a little bit special. Uh, We've been teasing it for a while. Uh, We're going to talk peace talks, and we're going to talk spoilers, baby. Oh, yeah. Filthy spoilers. Filthy spoilers. Uh, So, uh, Rob, where do you want to start? Why why don't we start at the beginning? A very good place to start. Um. Yeah. So, peace talks uh, is. Uh, I mean, we, we've pretty much said on the podcast when we've tried to avoid spoilers that it is. Um, it's a part one book. It's not a. It's not a complete book. It doesn't feel like it. Um, the only resolution we really get is Thomas. Um. Who, as we know. Uh, attempts to assassinate the head of the Spar Elves uh, and is captured and then is beaten and then uh, is uh, eventually interred uh, in uh, Harry's Demon Reach prison um, in what seems like a pretty gnarly ceremony where he has to go through all the pain he's inflicted. Mm. That was brutal. Yeah, I'm really wondering. I mean, obviously, Thomas is going to come back in some form at some point. Yeah. But I'm really wondering what his psyche's going to be like. Yeah, he's not. He's having a rough time on that front, it feels, just all the time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, his relationship to his, like, vampirehood has been going up and down for so long. I kind of wonder if um, Dresden's going to find a way to separate him from his... Because his... they always describe it as though a vampire is like bonded with a demon. Yeah. That, that's whether something... he'll find a way... Something I've been wondering Go is ahead. all uh, Swords of the Cross things being mentioned. Like Sonya being brought there because God demanded it or whatever. But then you've got the um, Butters' super lightsaber, which can... It doesn't cut through flesh. It's described as maybe it only cuts like the demonic entity. And I'm wondering if I know. Oh, I didn't even think of that, man. I only had it as an afterthought because I thought you know the whole um, uh, F F the last Titan, whatever whatever she's called, um, is described as having like encased in like bronze armory stuff. I kept thinking yeah. that maybe maybe this that's where the sword comes in because it seems a bit weird that like the Knights of the Cross are thrown in there but aren't at this conference or anything like that. Um, but it makes sense as well that if that is the case because they they I think they do drop that line as well of like oh maybe it only kills like you know if you use it on a, a Denarian it will kill the Denarian but leave the host alive kind of thing. And I was thinking, if mm. like if you apply that to Thomas, maybe that could get rid of the whole white court vampire demon thing, and then leave him human. That would be very interesting. Um, I'm not sure if that would satisfy the Svartalves. No, definitely not. But 
it might allow Thomas and Justine to have a life together. Yeah. I'm wondering how if there's more. About... Sorry. How do you feel about Justine being pregnant? Um. I mean, I'm I'm fine with it, but it sounds a bit. I know it's it's something the most unexpected thing, I guess that from the book I took. I I when I first read it, I was a little bit like, is he trying to recreate? Is Jim Butch trying to recreate the magic of changes? Yeah. Um, because it, it's hard not to draw that parallel. Yeah, I mean it's. I think he he said himself that the book's going to be as big as changes. Yeah. We'll have the same and repercussions. First chapter of changes is Dresden's got a daughter. Second, uh, first chapter of uh, peace talks is Justine's pregnant. It just seems, I don't know. Um, it seemed like a lot. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, uh, I'd be interested to see. Okay, so do you think that Justine will survive the pregnancy? Because I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, it's all a bit weird because on one side I want to say no just because they describe the baby as it's feeding off her while it's inside her. Yeah. But, oh man, I just, I just don't know. Like, that's one thing I just didn't really think about when reading it. I mean, it would cause a serious problem between Harry and Thomas. Yeah. I think. Because Thomas would be like, you were supposed to look after her, and you didn't. <laughs> um, mm. But then I kind of like the idea of Thomas being like a, a single father. Yeah. I mean, it, Justine, it doesn't feel like she's really had much to do the last couple of books anyway, so maybe that is the route they'll go down. Be interesting. But she's always Definitely. just kind of there at the moment. Yeah, I mean, she's she's kind of Thomas's support structure. Um, yeah, true. And I guess, yeah, for Thomas to go to undergo much more emotional strain, you kind of have to get rid of it mm. or change it up. Um, yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, I enjoyed uh, Bianca and Dresden. Not Bianca, fuck. Um, Laura. Lara and Dresden, uh, like fighting on the island. Yeah, that was good. Um, the way that like it was like anywhere else, this would be a pretty fair fight, but Dresden was just like, "This is my home turf." <laughs> um, um, and and yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was going to completely change the subject a bit on uh Ebenezer McCoy. I spent the whole book just, just telling that Thomas is his grandson as well. 
it's the only time I've ever had the feeling of wanting to scream at the page. Yeah, same. Like, the, the amount of encounters they have, I think there's four or five encounters where, like, they're having a conversation and you've got Ebenezer being like, ugh, vampires. And, like, Harry's just like, I could tell him. I could tell him the truth, but I don't know what he'll do. I mean, in fairness, his concerns are justified. Like, when he tells Ebenezer, yeah. Ebenezer's like, it doesn't matter, and just tries to sink the the uh, beetle, the water beetle. Yeah, which surprised me a bit. Yeah, I, I'm really interested, because I feel like this is all... There's something with Dresden's mother here. Mm-hmm. Um, partly, I mean, Ebenezer suddenly realizes that um, Lara's father must have impregnated um, Maggie, uh, Margaret Le Fay. Yeah. Um, which uh, it makes him so angry. Um, but like, we've got Justine is having a white vampire court child. The last main character to do that would have been Margaret Le Fay. Yeah. She must have found a way to survive the process. She uh, Thomas is the older sibling, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Is he? Sure. To he... Google. <laughs> That's weird. The first image that comes up for Thomas Wraith is uh, Tom Hiddleston. That's weird. Yeah. I, mm, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It, I. It should say somewhere. Yeah, well, we can come back. Um, Oh, it's just weird that it obviously says that like uh, their family, but I can't find who's the older. Yeah. Um, also, one that just came up was: Is Thomas Race married? Is it married? <laughs> Does it? That, mm, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, Thomas is ten years is much more than ten years older than Harry. Damn. So yep, I'm at the same that. point. Um. So that's interesting, and. Uh, there's a lot of talk about Harry's mum in this book um, that I really enjoyed because Harry and Ebenezer haven't really talked since changes when it was revealed that Ebenezer is Harry's granddad. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that scene in the Svartelf embassy where Ebenezer's like, you're keeping your daughter with you. And uh, Harry's like, well, I 
thought about sending her away, and then I thought about how that worked out for you, and uh, Mum's dead, so I'm gonna keep her. I'm gonna keep her with me. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of burns in this book as well, at Ebenezer. Between Ebenezer and Dresden, there's some. Well, Ebenezer doesn't really get shots back in at Dresden. He's always just like, "You're making a mistake, Haas." Yeah, and then descriptions of his face going bright red with rage and a vein sticking out. Yeah. <laughs> I felt a little bit like it was out of character for Ebenezer, some of this. Yeah, I felt that too. But, I mean, I feel they address that as well. Like, um, towards the end, after he does tell Ebenezer that Thomas is also his grandson, and he goes a bit apeshit about it, um, there's that scene between Murphy and Dresden on the boat. I think it's on the boat, either on the boat or on the island, where um, Harry's like, he's not the man I've, I thought he was. And Murphy, I think Murphy says something along the lines like, neither of you are the man. You know, it, Harry's not the man Ebenezer thought he was, and vice versa. And I guess that's because they only really know each other in a certain capacity. Definitely. Like, they, they know each other, but they don't know each other. There's there's a great quote from Murph, and I, and I can't remember it verbatim, but she basically says that like family makes everything more complicated, and part of that is because there's so much that goes unsaid that you just assume about each other. Yeah. Um, because you think you know each other, and I think that that's really shown here is that like. Ebenezer thinks he knows exactly how Harry thinks and can make logical leaps between things. Um, and Harry feels the same way about Ebenezer. And I, and I think there are secrets about Ebenezer and Margaret Le Fay's past. And there are secrets that Dresden is keeping from uh, Ebenezer, like that Thomas is uh, his grandson. Mm. Um, and I think that that's a lot of the cause for the tension in this. I'll be honest, um, at the end, I was expecting there to be like a little bit of a twist where Harry's like, oh, Thomas is your grandson as well. And Ebenezer's like, yeah, I know. That would have been cool. Because I think that would have been like, I know, just shows that he's more of an asshole and he's already being betrayed in this book. I felt like uh, going a bit further out, the White Council as a whole are shown more to be assholes here. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, there's the stuff with the, the Black Council. Um, but I also found Ramirez a little bit difficult. Yeah. Um, although I, I also kind of love the scene where Dresden meets up with like his old raiding party. <laughs> um, and there's, this, there's that great standoff where it's like uh, the five uh, white council wardens and Dresden on the other side. Um, and all of them are like one wrong move away from throwing every spell that they can at him. Yeah. Um, which is. It's awesome, and, and it's great because he, like, he trained most of them. Um, so th there's a whole, like, 
there's little things like Dresden saying like he can tell by the way that some of them are standing and uh, like the spells that they're about to use and and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I would have been up for for a bit more fighting there would have been cool, but I also like that the wizard on wizard fighting was kept mostly to Dresden versus Ebenezer, which was yeah. incredible. I like that he last Jedi'd him. <laughs> Yeah, uh, with the uh, essentially the hologram suit. Yeah, <laughs> loved it. <laughs> um, also, do you I... think the uh, White Council, their attitude towards Harry at the moment, do you think it's justified? From their perspective, I kinda. Yeah, that's what I was thinking because they, as far as I know, he hasn't had any interaction with the council since changes as well and he's just kind of now, now he's the winter knight yeah and he's the warden of demon reach and he keeps a vampire close by and he seems to have connections to like werewolves and uh like the winter court i would be suspicious too yeah i feel it's definitely justified but at the same time I feel the White Council and a lot of the factions in the series, actually, they all lack communication. Like, it feels like they're going, instead of finding out the reason behind this, this, and this, and trying to get to more of the bottom of it, they go straight to death. I... Yeah. I mean... If you owed them money, for example, they wouldn't ring you up or knock on your door asking for the money, they would go straight to breaking your legs. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, I do feel like the White Council are... Um, they've, like, we've built it up over the last 15 books why they act the way that they do. Yeah, that's true. I guess. Uh, so the, there is at least a precedent, but... It there is like they do take it so seriously. Yeah. Um. So I guess with that, maybe extending out to the full magical world. What do you think about the whole peace talk situation, and then the last Titan? I guess. Um, I'm a bit mixed on it because I was really looking forward to that whole peace talk thing. And it feels like yeah. we didn't really get enough of it because Harry rocks up and then him and Lara you know, go away to save uh, Thomas. So I feel like yeah. <laughs> I feel like the focus of it being peace talks we didn't really see, which is a bit of a shame. But what we had, I really liked, and I feel yeah. I, I feel this is also maybe the first Dresden book where it's I felt it's actually been necessary to have read a lot of the short stories beforehand. Yeah. Um, I think Daniel Green touched upon this as well. Like, There's a lot covered in the short stories. Um, like one that I, I really like was uh, Ramirez being like uh, essentially like battered um, because uh, Molly had um, attacked him essentially. Yeah. In a short story. 
I liked um, the summoning circle. Uh, he uses it to summon Molly. I was expecting oh. to, but hundred percent. I that was <laughs> that was awesome. Awesome, but also With... you no. Know, it's it's weird seeing how much she's changed in the last two books. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it is sad that um, he has to resort to summoning her and, and going back on that, like, business relationship. Yeah. I guess. Um, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of The Last Titan. No, I'm very um, that, and I think that's because I, I guess that's because of the whole book being split into two halves. It feels like she just kind of came out of nowhere, um, threw Mab through a bunch of walls, and then left again. Didn't really feel like there was much to her at this point. There wasn't really a uh, there wasn't really a setup for her. No. Um, there was no like I don't know um, mystery building up to or like I don't know it would have been it would have been interesting like if if Vatarung had gone missing yeah um, or someone like that and it was like oh well who wants who would try and take down Odin um and like piecing that together and stuff. But I also understand that there's a lot going on in this book already and adding in a mystery would have been maybe too much. Mm. I don't know. It's, but that whole scene where she just rocks up and just goes to town on Mab is very strange. Yeah. I mean, it does leave um, um, the way she talked to Mab as well. It kind of gave a few more questions about who was Mab before becoming the Winter Queen and all that kind of shit. Yes, because um, it's they talk about that she was Merlin's lover. Yeah, which is interesting because would she know about Demon Reach? That's a very good point. Ooh. And I mean, she she has maneuvered a couple of things to be targeted around Demon Reach, um, like the the transference of the Winter Lady and the Summer Lady mm. all happened on Demon Reach. Um, like, does she know what it can do and and stuff like that? I don't know. I'm, it's interesting. That, it's interesting. Um, I I don't really like seeing her getting like I don't really like seeing her getting um her like fighting on, and I don't really like seeing her like getting like smacked through walls and stuff. Because to me, Mab is the manipulator more. It's a bit too Dragon Ball Z like to me. Like it's kind of Mab's the most powerful being there kind of thing and it's it's very like Dragon Ball Z in the sense of like something bigger comes along and throws up for a wall and then it's like oh 
how we're going to beat that. I guess I'll have to find a new way to punch it really hard. Yeah, I there's a there's a point where like Molly says something along the lines of like, uh, what's what's behind that room, and Harry's like, oh, like the hallway, and then Molly's like, oh, what's behind the room after that. <laughs> And Harry's like, oh, well, that's like the gym or whatever. And Molly's like, oh, but what's the room after that? Because that's where I'm going to have to go to pick up Mab. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, that's, I don't know. It It's never felt like that before in the Dresden Files where like, yeah, you've got ev- every fighter that's been in the series so far all in one room. And then a more powerful one turns up and beats the one with the highest power level, and then fucks off. Yeah, I feel I feel like um, the main issue with it is that it was split into two books. I feel once Battleground comes out, it'll probably shed a bit more light on it. Because I feel with um, uh, Skin Game, you've got like Harry in the room with Hades, and Hades is like, "It's an armory. You know, take take what you want because you're going to need it." And yeah, you feel like the stuff that he takes is uh, a bit of overkill, I guess, for Denarians. And then I think towards the end when they're leaving Demon Reach in uh, these talks, he's got the weapons he took from the vault. So I feel maybe there is not a direct build-up as such, but kind of like there's got to be little hints to it if we read back through previous books. Yeah. I feel like maybe there'll be like a scene in the battleground where Mab's like, oh yes, this is what I've been preparing you for all this time because why wouldn't I be? That's that's kind of what I want is is more of that. I feel that's um, what I'm going to get. Is it Ethinu? Yeah, that's how I've been saying Ethin-new. it at least. Probably saying it wrong, but who cares? <laughs> Um, and I can't help but whenever they, they reference, uh, like the leader of the FOMO is called Corb, and I just keep thinking Corbin, um, <laughs> and then Mab is May, and then it's like Brexit talks. Um, <laughs> Jesus, I, I haven't made that connection, so I'm glad that uh, you've, you've said that after I've read it. I've always, always <laughs> <laughs> I'd read it that way. Um, yeah. It'd be interesting to see where they go with with the F new stuff, mm. um, and and um, I kind of said this to you at the time, but I don't really feel like Ethinu is the is the big story here. The big story to me is because um, Mab's like, oh yeah, Ethinu just just like smacked me about. Also, um, there is a huge rush going on at the yeah. Winter Gate. Um, which is where all the outsiders come from. Um, And I don't know, part of me would have liked it if Jim had found a a better way to tie the winter gate into what's, what's going on. Like um, if for whatever reason, the winter gate had to manifest in Chicago for 24 hours or something. Yeah. And so they have to defend it. Um, and maybe that's what's going to happen in Battlegrounds. I mean, who knows? But um, I'm really interested to see where, where that plot point goes. 
because it almost feels like Athenu is a distraction for all these magical beings while the Winter Gate is raided. Mm, definitely. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. <laughs> it certainly will be interesting. I'll tell you what that I did like. The... Go on. It didn't have much of a huge bearing on the plot, but uh, Ferravax the dragon. I mean, everyone loves Ferravax. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, the only thing I wanted from the book, even if you just walked past and gave a wink at the camera kind of thing. <laughs> that's yeah. what I wanted. And that's pretty much what we got. So, I I think two highlights for me in characters that rocked up. Uh, listens to Winds. I I love that, that big monkey man. Yeah. Uh, and the way the way that he like turns up and is like, yeah, I'm I'm trying to be more part of the community because of my son. Um, I really enjoyed that. Uh, and the other character that I I absolutely uh, um, adore still is Marcone. Yeah. Um, and that whole situation where like the the head of the ghouls. Or whatever is like, yeah, I'm I'm just gonna leave town now. Ethanu's rocked up, and Marcone's like, if you do that, sir, you do realize we will all know that you are a coward. <laughs> That's another thing um, I like with Marcone is that Ethanu comes in, kicks Mab through walls and shit, and it just describes Marcone stands up, and it's just like you are a guest in my house. And like proper like no fear just stares her down. Yeah. And I feel that's totally in character for him. Definitely, definitely. Um it's I yeah, I, I just love that Marcone is able to play at that level. At the big boy table. At the big boy table. <laughs> and dealing with people like Vatarung and Ferravax and Mab and Marcone still holds his own is just incredible yeah. and kind of better than Dresden really definitely I mean that's uh, it'd be interesting to see a bit more of Marcone in that capacity I guess I, I the way that he like, he's like, oh yeah, we're gonna right here is gonna be where we'll have the war table, and we're gonna like, we've got to marshal all our forces, and the armies are gonna go here and here and here, uh, and like all these magical creatures are like, yeah, man, we're behind you. <laughs> Let's do it, Captain Mark America. We can spare a hundred dragons each. <laughs> um so yeah I, I i think that's uh i'm just trying to think if, if there's anything else that i really want to cover oh uh maggie and dresden i think is just incredibly well written yeah that that was some really good scenes as well the um i can't i've already forgotten what the spirit of insect is called um um uh, yes, uh, she's, only, she's only very sparingly used, I suppose, would be the best way to put yeah. it. 
But I mean, I completely uh, into uh, peace talks. I completely forgot they extracted the spirit of intellect from Harry in the previous book as well. So at first, I I thought it was Bob up until it spoke, and then he addressed her by name, and I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> uh, uh, Bonita. That was it. Um, yeah, like to me that that is building towards a spin-off. I was thinking about that recently. Like if um Harry Dresden died and there has a continue Dresden Files with a sequel series, you could easily have it with Maggie and the uh and Bonnie. Yeah. Or even just have a short story of them doing like a Scooby Doo esque mystery. I'd love that. I'm sure that there are plans for like a a kid series or something. Hmm. Um with with uh, Maggie and, and Bonnie, and then I don't know, but yeah, um, I I definitely think that um, I could see them in the future being something, especially if Thomas has a child as well. Yeah. Uh, then you've kind of got like I don't know, your your Harry, Hermione, and uh, Ron. <laughs> I'd like that. Um, yeah, and, and there's lots of figures in the Dresden Files universe that could mentor in one way or another, like Thomas and um, Molly and people like that. Hmm. Um, and, the, and I guess they'd all have their... Uh, they'd all have, like, a kind of scary side as well, because, like, Molly's got her Winter Lady side, Thomas is... Possibly still going to be a white court vampire. Yeah, um, there'd be there'd be a lot to play with there, which would be interesting. Um, I think if they did that, I'd like them to move away from Chicago. I'm so I'm, I'm expecting with Battleground, the whole magical world's going to open up a bit more, and maybe we'll get a few more scenes outside of that area. Yeah, I mean Dresden says it himself. Uh, Daniel Green also mentioned it. Like Battleground is too big for um, the non-magical world to ignore. Yeah. So I I don't know how they're going to deal with that um, or how Jim Butch is going to deal with that, but I'm very curious. Well, two months away, so... Yeah, not long. Not two long months at all. Two months and two days we'll have the answers. Okay, um, last uh, last thing that I want to touch on, I think. Yeah. Um, Murphy and Dresden. I love their relationship in this. It's, yeah. Like that it entire, feels so real. Yeah, like the the entire scene where um, I think it's like the first scene they have together in the book, where they're just chilling at Murphy's house and he's cooking a dinner and stuff like that. I know that. Yeah. I think that's something I really liked about this book in general. Actually, like you get a lot more of that relationship with him and Maggie and him and Murphy as well. And I know it, it's nice that after the last couple of books of just fannying around it, they're finally in a relationship, as it were. Definitely, and um, I'm I'm glad that 
that they both got some and uh, <laughs> got together. Like, there's been so much getting in the way of it. Yeah. Um, it's so nice that they have that that they have each other to fall back on. And um, that being said, as Jim Butcher always does, it's always bittersweet and. Murphy no longer being a fighter sucks, really. That's what worries me going into uh, Battleground is that she's still recovering from uh, the previous book. She's It's established very early on that she's not going to be as agile as she was because of her like um, injuries. But because she's like, nah, fuck that, I'm helping you whether you like it or not towards the end of the book makes me feel like if, they were, if we're going to get a major death, I'm worried it's going to be Murphy. Yeah, I could see that. I could also see um, her stepping up somehow uh, and making a deal with a faction or I think what something. I, what we discussed last week uh, was, and it, it's a theory that I kept seeing posted around on Facebook groups and Reddit is um to to have Murphy match the power scale of like this and that, she was gonna become like a Valkyrie or something. And I thought that kinda makes a bit of sense. And that's something I'd like to see. It's better than like some of the alternatives anyway. Yes, definitely. Um Am I right in saying that a Valkyrie has to die in battle? Um probably. Is that just the Ein Hajaran? I'm not sure, but yeah. either way, I could, I could, if she has to like die fighting in the bat- in battlegrounds and then becomes a Valkyrie, that would be very cool. <laughs> I suppose I one thing I did like actually, and I've not noticed this until someone pointed it out, but um, in before like the whole demon reach, before he becomes warden of demon reach and stuff, uh, when Harry's staff imbues with magic, it glows like the runes glow blue. And yes, as, I mean you probably noticed it, but uh, since becoming warden of demon reach, the runes glow green. I thought that was a nice yeah. little nod to Star Wars. Yes, yeah, I like that too. Um. So I guess uh, the one thing I want to end on is uh, the thought that you have around Thomas and what he's been trying to communicate to Dresden. Yeah, um, there's quite a few things around that because I think I mentioned to you like either last week or the week before that maybe he's trying to say Justin as in Justin uh, Dumont. But and at the same time, the, the whole thing with the Spire Elves how they were when Harry arrived. Like, it seemed a bit suspicious to me. They, they were all a bit, I mean, yeah, Thomas is Harry's guest, I guess, and they know him from that. But I know just everything about it seems a bit suspicious, and I feel there's a bit more at play than just, you know, Thomas. Well, no one can work out why Thomas tried it. Yeah, and it, it's still not made clear, is it? No, and I could believe that it was something to do with Justin because his whole 
thing is manipulating people. Yeah. Um, but uh, who knows? It, it would be very interesting to see Justin Dumont brought back. Um, and I, I think it would really play hell with Harry. Agreed. Okay, uh, so I think that covers every all our theories, thoughts uh, on peace talks, uh, why we're looking forward to Battlegrounds so much. Um, it really does feel like the, the, the part two to this part one. Um, and I guess when we finish Battlegrounds, we'll probably do another one of these bonus episodes. Yeah, I imagine. Um, yeah, and explain, not explain, kind of talk about it as a whole. And, and and our feelings because I think um, like you say we're only getting half the story at the moment so it's a bit unfair to judge um, so yeah I, I guess that's it do you want to take us out Rob? Uh, yeah as always download us on Spotify review us on iTunes we're surprisingly get- oh, I say surprisingly we're doing very well in terms of uh, consistent audiences and stuff at the moment which is great so thank you very much if you're listening um yeah follow us on twitter for any updates like i said uh for next week's book club we might be doing an extra chapter so if we do that will be announced on twitter otherwise i hope you enjoyed the episode two months today until uh peace peace grounds peace grounds peace grounds pat uh (laughs) (laughs) until battlegrounds yeah battle talks uh yeah two months until um Battleground is released. So, yeah, that's ruined my flow. Um, crack open a can of Coke. You've been listening to the Paranet podcast with your hosts, Rob Davis and Patrick Learn. And we will see you next time. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye.